1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
2: Game
3: Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. I'm Game Over at CC alongside Ranger Redhead, Cam Stewart. If you like sports, We've got you covered. Whatever sport that may be. Do you like soccer? Well, we'll recap what went down today in the World Cup. We'll talk about what's g- coming up in the World Cup. If you like baseball, we'll get you caught up today. what's going on across the Major League Baseball scoreboard, as well as break down tonight's game from a betting and DFS perspective. If you like golf, we're breaking down the Travelers. If you like the UFC, <laughs> Lou from Gamblu joins us to talk UFC Singapore. College Baseball World Series talk uh, with Lou. And I'm sure we'll talk about another couple of stupid things along the (laughs) way uh, as well. But uh, an extremely uh, busy day here on uh, Game Time Decisions. Um, You know, seriously, I I can't really think of another program out there that's going to cover as many uh, different uh, sporting topics, including the NBA draft. And it's funny because I've been repeatedly saying that the NBA is a league in which teams will absorb bad contracts, and I stated specifically teams like the Brooklyn Nets, <laughs> and then the Brooklyn Nets absorbed Dwight Howard's contract uh, today. And the first thing I thought was, damn, because that's like that's something that uh, the Raptors should have been pushing Serge Ibaka on, but I'd rather have Dwight Howard than Serge Ibaka. Oh, big time. Yeah, I would too. Dwight Howard actually doesn't suck
1: Lots of reports, though, that in the room. The, apparently, the guys hated him. Like, just everybody hated this guy. Like, right. they, they're, they're, like, celebrating when he's gone. I didn't think he's that bad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I it's
3: because It's he, he was he, delivering. Because he doesn't try.
1: Uh, yeah, and you said, remember when we were doing DFS at the end of the year when he went bonkers for a few of those games? Like, you could do it every night.
3: Why don't you do it every night? He could do it every night. But at the end of the year, when he went bonkers at the end yeah. of the year, he stated, well, I've, I'm feeling motivated recently. Yeah. It's like, dude, man, you should feel motivated every night. Thing is, because he's such a physical specimen, it's almost unfair because people want him to be better than he is. But he puts up these big numbers, yet you feel like he could do better, that he's an underachiever, even though he puts up uh, relatively big numbers, yet inconsistent uh, big numbers. And quite frankly, I don't really think he he gives a shit whether they win or not. No. And that's always been a thing with him in which – He's just not all that upset about losing. Yeah, it just, It's a job. Like, you know what I mean? And most
1: guys, when you go to work in that type of a profession, you want it so bad. You want to win. You grind. It's, you whatever. it's like a paycheck.
3: Well, dude, uh, athletes don't really want to win all that much anymore, Can to be real. Who wants to win? I want to win. Don't you want to win if you play? At anything you do, you want to win. Everybody says they want to win. Who's going to say I want to lose? People don't do the things that it takes to win. You have to do things to win when nobody sees. It's all about the little things that sets you up for winning in life or in sports. So everyone can say, "Ooh, I want to win." Yeah, you, you want to work at it, yeah. But are you putting the work in uh, to win? Uh, do you have a Do you have a plan for the future to win? And for the most part, you know, most people in life, no. And uh, you know, most people just complain. That's ah, not my fault. I'm held back. It's everybody else's fault. You know, that's pretty much the. Uh, you know, walk into any bar and you're not oh, going you to hear that
1: sob story. You're yeah. not going to
3: hear a lot of people talk about how, you know what? I've really screwed up with myself, <laughs> right? No, nobody ever really says that. It's always, well, you know, it's, you know, it's, it can't be me. It's that the world conspires against me. Uh, but it's the same thing in sports. How many How many NFL teams really want to win? There's a reason why the New England Patriots are there every year, because they are dedicated to winning. Are the Buffalo Bills dedicated to winning? No, no. I'm not saying they don't try to win. They sign players. They they attempt to win, but they're not dedicated to winning. There are certain franchises, certain athletes. Like if you look in the NBA, are the Minnesota Timberwolves? Is Andrew Wiggins? Andrew no. Wiggins is talented as hell. Is he? Is is Clay Thompson better than Andrew Wiggins? Probably not. No. Right, but he's but, a winner. But he he puts the the entire body of of work into, you know, what he does. We can go across the board in in every sport. To me, I think the most competitive athletes actually are baseball. Baseball is such an individualistic sport. You won't see baseball players happy when they strike out. No, they're pissed. You know what I mean? Like there's NBA players that will miss a free throw. They don't care. They don't care. They get blown up by eighteen, they don't care. Well baseball baseball player goes 0 for five, yeah. strikes out, oh, he loses six nothing. Yep. Nobody's happy. You know, hockey players as well. Hockey players will have that sort of compete and the players will compete, but then it comes down to the does the organization uh, want to win. In each sport cam, there's only a few teams that ever win. Baseball is
1: different because its success is third three out of ten times you're doing a hell of a good job. You fail seventy percent of the time. Yeah, that's how hard it is to deal with. Like you hit three balls out of ten, you're doing a you're
3: doing a great job, but you're failing seven times. It's a different mindset. But baseball teams, you know, baseball only only a few teams are all in it to win it all the time. You know, the Toronto Blue Jays they don't care about winning. No. they would have spent the money when they were close. They got very close. Yeah, no, it's not just the money. They spend money now. Like, the Jays' salary cap isn't, like, amongst the lowest in the league. But they just do enough to get by. Like, people in life. You know, sports and life are always correlated. The Blue Jays do enough to get by. They field a team that doesn't suck so they can sell tickets. 500. That's all sports is. It's entertainment. The owners don't care about winning. There's like a handful of owners in each league that actually really, really get upset if they don't win. They've already won. They're already billionaires. Yep. Yeah. Don't, if you owned a team, you'd want to win. Like Terry, Terry Pagula is in crying at night because the Buffalo Sabres suck. I'm not saying he's happy about no. it, but it's, he's not, loaded. Yeah, no. it's not his be-all, end-all obsession. George Steinbrenner was obsessed. Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft are obsessed with winning. Yes. They want to be better. They want the spoils. The Golden State Warriors are obsessed. That's why they're already great, and they bring in Kevin Durant. Most teams would be like, well, we don't have room for Kevin Durant. We just won the title, and, well, you know, we we already have the three all-stars here. No, they were like, no, no, you know what? We're going to be better if we bring in Kevin Durant. You know, it's it's the winning mentality or or a loser's mentality. But it seems like people have more of a a loser's uh, mentality in today's society that we live in. You know, people will live vicariously through others and just uh, cry online all day. I admit my failures. The world is unfair. Uh Yeah. And look, it it spins into politics. Look at the uh, right wing candidates always win all the time now. The and the candidates that are basically hated the most on social media, they're the ones that win. Like, you know, like the the left is big on typing away and hashtags, but they're not big on actual results. <laughs> the right do right, so well. The right's a bunch of old ladies and stuff and old people that vote. <laughs> they're not tweeting. Thanks, it's <laughs> they're not tweeting. <laughs> Trump so okay. tweets. It's a note to myself. Less, <laughs> less tweeting in my own life. It's usually about sports and picks, though, and props. Yeah, less, uh, That's to do with your job. Yeah, Craig Martin says, golf is the worst. And exactly. Golf is a classic example of this. How many guys on, on the tour really, really care about winning? And how many guys are out there? How many guys are out paycheck there? Paycheck players? Lots of paycheck players out yeah, there. They're happy that they basically, listen... Yeah, I'm 77th on tour. I made 8 million dollars last you're right. year. Right. There's a handful of guys. Does my life suck? No. no. A lot of them, hey,
1: you're, all, you're 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 top 50, you're making tons of money. That's the best thing about golf we used to say. If you met Beau Van Pelt when he was number 13 on the FedEx list, you wouldn't even recognize that turkey if he walked into a Walmart like and the
3: guys made over like millions of dollars. I would make it if I was in charge of golf, I'd make it more ruthless. More money to the top. More money yeah. to the top. Enough of this, you know Like uh, a guy
1: 56 getting a good paycheck. It's freaking yeah.
3: ridiculous, man. Guy finishes 77th, and uh, he gets a check for like $113,000. So
1: it's an interesting way look. I, I, yeah. Top and heavy. I, I Make get it top it. heavy. I get you know, it. Other guys got to get paid, but just less. I get I, it. Oh,
3: well, it's no fear. I got to tell you, I got to rent my car oh. from Nationwide <laughs> to get to the, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> Rich Beam used to live in his car.
3: <laughs> you Whatever. Know? <Remember>? Yeah. It's <laughs> all like, in one, yeah? No, he was happy like, he won an Ultima. It's like Formula <laughs> One, man. Formula One. The other team started crying because Ferrari was too good. Like, don't own a Formula One team if you don't want to compete with Ferrari. Like, like what do you want Ferrari to do? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, we're going to dump things down and we'll turn our car into a Pinto so you can compete with us. <laughs> we're McLaren, wow It's like, exactly. <laughs> like, don't. you don't have the money to compete with them. Therefore, get the hell out of the room. You, what, you want to revamp their entire circuit because ooh let's slow it down because Mercedes and uh, they have too much money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's slow it down because because poor poor Jaguar doesn't have any money cap. <laughs> you're right in golf. I, yeah, I mean, like I'm trying to BMT, BMW's yeah. complaining. I know. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. BMW. Oh, I know you guys are oh, you're really broke, right? It's like don't compete with them then. <laughs> like, Red Bulls in the F1 business, they're doing all right. Red Bull's got money. Yeah, they got lots of money. Red Bull, t- Red Bull also has wings. It, does, it
1: does, Red Bull does have wings. Actually, other than Tiger Woods and a couple guys, Gabe, you're right. In golf, I'm thinking, like, Matt Kuchar to me is the ultimate paycheck player. Just perma-smile, happy to get my $250,000 check. They're a the, home to the family. The no, they, great no, but they don't have the, they don't have Look the killer at instinct Johnson. of Tiger. Look at Dustin, Dustin Johnson. Johnson uh, oh, uh, Gee, he shucks.
3: He goes home, he drinks a bottle of wine, wine Banks, and he has Paulina. sex with Paulina Gretzky. Good life. He doesn't – he's not the type of guy – Who's a golfer on tour that is really resisting just smashing a club against a tree at the end of the round? Because he didn't win. You know, a few of them. Tiger. I think Tiger, it bothers. It it really bothered him before. Now he's kind of screwed. He's old. Tiger trying to win a golf tournament is like me trying to pick up a chick. It's like we used to be successful at it. We still believe we can do it, but it's not happening. As it might a, happen once. I was a friend, Marenzi. No, but it's. No, like, I'm just uh, going to
1: tell you, I'm not. I'm not your wingman or anything. But how the hell are you going to meet a chick when you're never leaving your domicile? Uh, no, I no, doing shows
3: all night. I'm aware, but it's it, like it, uh, it's like getting uh, getting laid. Hmm? But you don't win a master. Uh, you don't win the Masters. You don't win a major. You know what I mean? He might win. He might win it. So I got to be honest game.
1: with you. I'd rather have a major because eventually you're going to get laid again. That that's the legacy. That's the ultimate prize. Having sex is. Hey, it's icing on the cake, but don't you want to go down if you're a golfer, yeah, but the comp- whole thing is to win a major. I'm not
3: comparing it to it's an analogy.
1: Yeah, okay. Well I'm just <laughs> saying I, yeah, yeah, no. I'd like to have a major.
3: And have sex. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the point, but th- <laughs> thank you, Ken. Thank you.
1: No problem, buddy.
3: <laughs> but the fact is, yeah, there are very few there are very few very few athletes out there in teams. NFL owners don't give a crap about winning. NBA owners don't give a crap about winning. I think there's a lot of hockey players that almost want to kill themselves when they don't win. Hockey players... It's a different mentality. Hockey players care about winning. Hockey, the owners don't. The teams don't, for the most part. That's why it's the same damn teams that win uh, all the time in the National Hockey League. The same franchises are good. I think hockey players care at the time. I'll say they they are more competitive. But... Today's athletes, they make too much money. And I'm not one of yeah. these people at all, you make too much money, take it away from them. No. No, the money's there, so give it to them. It's part of the pie. It is what it is. But the problem is if too you— Too much money makes you soft. If you make that much money, you can't be— It's the, Only the very rare people are still going to be ultra-hungry hungry. and competitive. It's a great. I agree 100%. After they get $200 million. You're right. Right, They've already won. They grew up broke. They they have $180 million. Win. And it's like, oh, boo-hoo, I got knocked out in the third round of the NBA playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to kill myself now. Yeah, I'm going to jump off a bridge. Nobody cares about championships anyways. I mean, we do as far as legacies, but people don't remember a couple of years later. I it's, t- all, it's a business, man. It's all about money, man. That's what it comes down to. When I watch tennis, I think Nadal and
1: Federer have that type of... Uh... Even though Federer looks like a pretty boy, that guy he wants it, and
3: I, I watched the final in Nadal. That guy wants it. Oh yeah, and he's yeah. loaded. They're both. That's that's a they're, good example. they're special. They're that, special athletes. Well, uh, Pete Sampras, the greatest yeah. tennis player ever. Yeah. Right, Nadal is Nadal's up there, but For sure he is. Nadal's more dominant on Lake Clay. Clay, yeah, stuff. he, he, likes, he, the he, he gets,
1: likes the French.
3: She likes the French. Nadal's one of the better players of all time, but Sampras is. Excuse me, Nadal was Sampras right up there with the most wins, but. Federer, better is the best.
4: Yeah,
3: I think he's won. Uh, I think he's won ninety-eight tournaments now. I saw the other day. It's <laughs> absolutely. He's insane. like two away. It's either ninety-seven or ninety-eight. And think about the rigors of. He's the, a few away from hundred. And you talk about the
1: rigors of that sport: running, running, running. You're ch- like all day, just chasing down balls, full speed ahead all the time, returning hundred and forty mile an hour serves. Like that is a tough, tough goal of it for for an older man to play a younger man's game like that. He is truly, like, in my opinion, one of the best athletes of all time.
3: And another athlete uh, committed to excellence is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo uh, scores again today. We gave this uh, to you uh, on our Patreon page as well as we tweeted it out that Cristiano Ronaldo would score the first goal of the game at uh, plus 250. Cash it. Uh, it was a header, not a penalty uh, kick this time, but Cristiano Ronaldo is now the second highest score in the history of men's international Football slash soccer, top European. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that is correct. Also, yeah, the uh, all-time European international goal scorer, Ali Dai, 109 Whoa. goals. It's a lot of 149 goals. 149 caps. Yeah, but I don't think his goals came in like the the big moments, <laughs> like Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, yeah, had. this
1: guy's on the stage, man. That's the best. Portugal's got four goals. He's got them all. Like, what would these guys do without this guy, Gabe? It's hilarious. Like, that's the thing about, like, being, a, we talked about 28-1, to 1, but somebody else is eventually going to have to score a damn goal
3: for these guys. Right? I like that he uh, he's... Uh, oh, the goatee? He's sporting yeah. a goatee right now for yeah. goat. Yeah. Greatest of all time. Yeah, Messi took pictures with goats. He says, no, no, it's nothing to do with that. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. just I'm having fun with a goatee. <laughs> but when he scores, he's grabbing his chin now. It makes no difference what you say. got the lines my bookie.ag plenty of lines swaggy p nick young plenty of lines (laughs) Lines. we'll get to swaggy p a little bit later on he's clearly enjoying his uh title celebration (laughs) He's, he's lucky he plays in the nba because if he was in the NFL, man, he'd have drug testers knocking hey, on his freaking hey, knock, knock. door like his hotel door right now. Hired testers. But uh, you know, since he's in the NBA, it seems to be a pretty uh, pretty loose atmosphere. Just for the record, if you're wondering, <laughs> uh, Canada legalized marijuana yesterday, I don't know, for the 13th time. Seems like every two weeks. Oh, the vote has passed. It's like it was supposed to be legalized on <laughs> July 1st. Now they're saying, well, maybe by September or October, but if now it's legal. It's like, whatever, man. You know, you're a bunch of idiots. You're a bunch of clowns. Uh, but, and speaking of clowns, TMZ, uh, Bozo, cameraman for TMZ, walks up to Swaggy P in Hollywood and says, uh, hey, Canada just became the first country in the world to legalize marijuana. It's like, no, no, they didn't. Portugal, Uruguay, we can go on, all right? So, once again, Harvey Levin, you're wrong. Uh, but, um uh, Nick Young said, oh, they legalized weed in Canada. That's all right. But he goes, now it's time to legalize cocaine. And he goes, everybody's <laughs> got to do cocaine, man. And he gets in a car and drives <laughs> away.
1: That's the
3: best. <laughs> so, yeah, he's lucky that Roger Goodell isn't Adam Silver. <laughs> because uh, if it was, then, you—you you know, like I said, you'd be getting tested. Like, Basically, he just admitted that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I do coke. I won an NBA title. I'm getting wasted, and I'm doing cocaine right yep. now. Exactly. But as Chief Wiggum stated, all of our World Series uh, heroes and astronauts were either alcoholics or high on cocaine. And uh, I think Bill Feck said something of the nature as well. All right, I believe we got Mark Lawrence ready to step up and in. Mr. Mark Lawrence. Playbook.com. Always a pleasure, Mark. How you doing?
6: You know, I think sports wagering should be legalized, Gabe. I think that's what should be legalized, not cocaine. (laughs)
5: <laughs>
6: Why not both?
3: <laughs> Mark. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know, in Russia, honestly, Mark, for the yeah. World Cup, all kidding aside, it's serious. R- it Russia told people listen, if you have a medicinal card, you can bring marijuana, cocaine, or heroin with you. But you have to tell us. They said when you get to the airport, you have to tell us listen, I have this on me, and you have to have a doctor's note. And I was thinking, like, where the hell are you going to get a doctor's note for heroin? <laughs> like, <laughs> or Coke? I guess for Michael Jackson's doctor. That's about it. <laughs> you know. Like, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think, uh, I think Swaggy P, I don't think it's a good idea to legalize cocaine either. I would I would uh, loosen the laws a little bit, yeah. the penalties. But yeah, but n- but don't legalize it, no. Nevertheless. All right, so let's jump in, Mark, and talk uh, some uh, ACC football. Last week we hit the American Athletic uh, Conference. Let's jump in to the ACC and you know the ACC's really come on over the last couple of years specifically due to Clemson Florida State as well you know Florida State's been right there but specifically like the last four years but as far as draft picks uh, going into the National Football League the ACC started to catch up uh, to the SEC right there with the Big Ten as well as you know Dabo Sweeney success against the SEC success against Nick Saban etc I think he's like 14 and 2 against them Ever Pretty much ever since Clemson got blown out in that bowl game when they got embarrassed in the Orange Bowl years ago, the ACC and, Clem, uh, and Clemson have played with a chip on their shoulder. But I'm reading your preview in the playbook here, Mark, and my analysis of this conference and overview of it is, seems like they've lost a hell of a lot of talent and... I think it might catch up to them a little bit. I'm sort of underwhelmed. I'm not looking at this conference and going, oh, those guys are really good and these guys are really good. I'm looking at a lot of teams and I'm saying, man, these guys lost a lot of key contributors to their football team.
6: It has, as the conference has been really beat up by losses, whether they're graduation or NFL defections from last year. And truth be known, there's only going to be one or two teams from this conference that are going to stick out this year. We know one being Clemson. The other one, I think it's still up for grabs because I think Miami of Florida is a team that's about ready to go backwards as well. So because of all the losses, I think they're going to end up being in the lower half of the totem pole for the Power Five conferences this year. They're really They're
3: excited.
1: excited. Miami and the turnover chain and all the that was that whole thing last year. You, you you can't you can't live at that pace again. They were very very fortunate. Gabe, you saw it all the time too, like turnovers at the right time. It's just not going to happen. A lot of things fell to hurt. They lost right.
3: till the end of the year versus Pitt and all the the, the they top lost games. some guys, but yeah. I'm I'm not ready to bury them. I think Mark Rick's going to do a hell of a job. Good he's coach, doing, he's doing a great job uh, recruiting. Uh, But, you know, and even Florida State, who's underachieved over the last couple of years. I know they're very excited about Willie Taggart uh, there right now. Uh, But as you write, Mark, their schedule is an absolute freaking killer. So let's jump in. Let's start off with uh, Boston College and the Boston College Eagles. And, Mark, as you wrote, you know, the Boston College Eagles over the last couple of years have been generally known as the one college team you can bet an under. (laughs) Their totals are like 44 and a half NFL totals. They can always hang their hat on defense. But you remember last year, suddenly they started to put points on the board, and they were playing in higher-scoring football games. And it looks like they're stocked on offense, but uh, they're a little thin on defense coming into the year again.
6: They are again. uh, you know, last year they went backwards almost 70 yards a game defensively. And that's what they're, like you said, they could hang their hat on the defense. It was always a marshmallow offense. But last year it turned around. They fo- suddenly found some offense. They improved 112 yards a game. They have a running back that's a stud. His name is A.J. Dillon. He led the ACC with uh, 1,589 yards last year as a freshman. That's the most ever, uh, if you will, by an ACC running back as a freshman. So a lot to like about the offense. The defense is still up in the air, so it's kind of an inside-out personality for this football team, and it's really tough to decide what's going to happen here. They've won seven games three of the last four years. Their season win total this year is a little bit low this year. I think this football team will struggle to win seven games this season.
3: The schedule is a killer. I'm looking at the schedule right now, and they set up a couple of cupcakes. But I tell you what, UMass is going to bring their A game in this game, wanting to knock them off. Good point. Holy Cross in week two at uh, Wake Forest. All right, Boston College at Purdue. Temple, Boston College. Boston College, NC State. Louisville at uh, Boston College. Miami, Florida, Boston College. So, yeah, you got you get some home games, but you play against better teams than you. You're not beating Virginia Tech at Vaught Tech. You're not nope. beating Clemson. You're not beating Florida State and Tallahassee. Maybe you beat Syracuse at the end. I don't know. I don't really see just looking at this cosmetically. I don't see
6: six wins here. I don't either. You take a look at the, you throw their first two games out, UMass and Holy Cross. You throw their last game out against Syracuse. Everything in between those eight games are all against bowl teams last year. And uh, if you're going to go toe-to-toe with other bowl teams, you better have uh, an offense and a defense. I just don't see it for this team. I think they're going to play under their season win total.
2: Gabe mentioned it uh, there, uh, Mark
1: Clemson. 62 Letterman returning, a team that's 40 and 4 the last three seasons. Dabo Sweeney, hey, he makes money, he earns it. And they also have, you know, returners on defense that are second in scoring and fourth overall. Lots of good things for the Clemson Tigers. Big win total. Do you think they can get there? They look like the cream of the crop in the, this conference.
6: Well, we do a preseason top 25 in the Playbook Yearbook magazine, and I have Clemson the number one team in the country this year. And I think it's going to be deja vu all over again from the 2016-17 college playoffs. I think the same four teams that landed in the playoffs then are going to land there this year, Clemson being one of them. What I really like about this team is the seniors in this team are 20-3 and away from home in games from Death Valley the three years they've been there. They know how to win games away from home. They can take care of their home turf. He is loaded. He's been out recruiting Nick Saban since he's been there. I think this is the team to beat not only in the ACC, but I think for the cheese this year.
3: What sets up nicely as well, Mark, is the fact uh, no uh, back-to-back uh, road games once again uh, for them.
6: Yeah, isn't that nice? A nice convenient schedule for them as well. He's never going to complain about that. I mean, you don't have to worry about uh, getting beat up and uh, taken advantage of with a, a real tough road slate that way this year. That's uh, Was it three years in a row? I think it is now. No back-to-back road games for Clemson. That goes hand-in-hand with the fact that they've won 26 games the last two years.
3: And they don't, um, so they open up with Furman. The Paladins. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) And you know, sometimes Clemson will play one of these big-time games early in the season. They get Texas A&M, all right. So it's Texas A&M in Week 2. You know, winnable game for them. Georgia Southern at Clemson. Clemson at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech will have a chip on their shoulder. Uh, this year yeah georgia tech just always struggle against good football teams syracuse at clemson clemson uh, at wake forest nc state at uh, clemson clemson at fsu fsu are good but they're not as good as clemson right now Louisville's going to be down boston college you know the total is 11 mark but this clemson team i'm starting to see why you haven't ranked number one i mean i really wouldn't be shocked if clemson ran the damn table
6: They could run the table here. You know, With uh, if they do stub their toe, let's imagine that they lose at Georgia Tech because Paul Johnson's team is going to be really pissed off this year. Or uh, if they lose a game at Florida State, maybe even A&M early, but they lose a game in, in the month of September, they can still close the season out with one win and make it back to the college football playoffs here. I think that this is indeed the toughest team to beat this year.
1: Mark, I really like uh, David Cut- uh, Cutcliffe. I think he's a great coach at Duke. That program went from purely a basketball school to a team that could actually play football. They're an interesting team, too. The quarterback, Daniel Lewis, last year's MVP of the Quick Lane Bowl. What do you think of, the, of Duke? I know uh, the defense, some question marks there, but they're a team that can sometimes put a little bit of money in your pocket and disrespect it often.
6: Well, they're a team that has this personality that I really like. They played a lot of young players last football season here. 28 different players made starts for this team. Or I should say only 28 players made starts for this football team, so they were really experienced that way this year. I like what he's bringing back this football season. He's got 15 starters led by, as you mentioned, Daniel Lewis. And you know what David Cutcliffe is. He's a quarterback whisperer. He's had 11 quarterbacks that have either won all conference or led their team to a bowl victory here, and I think that's in the making again for this football team this year. Rather boring, blase, seven- or eight-win season for Duke, but they'll take it for sure.
3: The uh, Duke win total is um, six-and-a-half uh, as well. As you stated, just sort of they fly fly under the radar a little bit. People think of them as as a, a basketball school Hell of a coach. He's turned down various offers um, to uh, to coach to coach bigger programs, specifically uh, Tennessee. Looking at Duke's schedule, um, they open up against Army at Northwestern, at Baylor, versus NC Central, versus Tech at Georgia Tech, Virginia, Pitt. Schedule's not easy though. This is one thing. The schedule's no uh, cupcake for them here, Mark.
6: Well, you take a look at what they did last year. They went bowling for the fifth time in six years, but they did it against a schedule that had only one team that had a losing record last year. So he prepares his team as well as anybody inside this conference here. Really, in truth, every team in the conference is going to go up against what appears to look like a tough schedule because a lot of ACC teams went bowling last year, Duke being one of yeah, them. Yeah, but, yeah. David Cuklip does not get coached in very many football games, and I think that's where they hold the edge. That's why this team will be in a bowl game again by the end of the year.
3: So it was a real, uh, it was a real circus at the end of the year last year in Tallahassee. Uh, Jimbo Fisher couldn't even play it out, leaves uh, the day before the final game of the season. Uh, they dig down deep. Uh, they win some football games, and you know at least they have something to hang their hat on. I, I was actually impressed with the kids of Florida State, considering they lost six of their first nine football games. That they just didn't quit and and roll over. And following the program, Mark, um, their long to longtime beat writer, uh, you know the guy said, "I've been here forty-two years, and this is as excited as everyone's been around this team right now." With the talent, with Willie Taggart there, there's just a lot of positivity around them. And I guess that positivity will last until, I don't know, about mid-October when they start to get into the schedule that, as you stated, nine, nine uh, teams that played in bowl games uh, last year. They do have Francois back. What do you make of uh, Florida State coming into this year? Overhyped, underhyped? Are uh, you buying or selling uh, the Seminoles?
6: I'm selling the Seminoles, uh, you know, you you got, and Willie Taggart, first of all, he's the only coach in this entire conference that has a losing career record as a head coach. Uh, I don't think he's going to out-coach a lot of the other coaches. His forte is going to be recruiting. He's going to need yeah. time to establish that. At Florida State here, he did a pretty good job this first year, and we'll see that maybe two or three years down the road. But he's got a lot of pressure on him this year. If he wins this year, they'll have 42 consecutive winning seasons in a row. That'll tie Notre Dame for all-time best. But the pressure's on Willie Taggart here. He's got big, big shoes to fill here from Jimbo Fisher. And I know the team played admirably when they needed to uh, after Francois went down and the, and the season looked like it was going in disarray. They got Cam Akers, a really solid stud running back, who broke Delvin Cook's rushing records uh, as a freshman. So he'll help the, the cause this year. But uh, what are you seeing, nine and a half wins for a total for this football team?
3: You know what? It's actually a little lighter uh, than I expected. Seven and a half.
6: Wow. Seven and a half over at South Point right now for, uh, for Florida State. Wow. Well, 7.5, seven I, I, you know, I'm going to switch direction and say I'd go over that total. I saw 9.5 for an opener at the south Point. And when the opener came up at 9.5, I was all over the under there. So I think this team sits right there middling between those two numbers. An eight-win season, I think, will make Willie Taggart feel good about what he did last year. But it's not going to be Jimbo Fisher-like numbers here, not for a while.
3: Mark, it's the only time these opening numbers ever piss me off. Like when... <laughs> um, like, you know, there's always, oh, the game of the year, and they release the point spreads in, in June for these college football games. I don't get angry and irate. Oh, I wish I could bet it now. But these South Point college football total releases, I swear to God, I'm starting to think I have to go there next year and be sitting there <laughs> that day. No, I mean, it's, there's always these numbers in a release, like you said, the nine and a halfs, and, you know, they'll, they'll, they move a lot, man. Even though they're, li- they're lower limits when they set them at 500 bucks or 1,000 bucks, You know, guys are just going in and out all day, or they're showing up the next day and they're betting it again, and it eventually moves the numbers. Because yeah, big difference between nine and a half,
6: yeah, nine and a half, seven and a half. But seven and a half was where it's at right now. You know, the reaction to what all the sharps saw in this Florida State football team to make up the mix, the coach, uh, a lot of value in going under that total. But seven and a half right now, it becomes a tale of two stories
1: mark the georgia tech yellow Jackets. always an interesting team with paul johnson and the option but uh, the red zone defense let you last year really let them down they're gonna be pretty pissed off coming in though four and four in the conference but not uh, being bowl eligible so they have a little bit of a chip there kind of a weird team i don't know what to make of georgia tech what's your uh, take on the yellow Jackets? well coached but he's been doing it for a long time it's uh, a program that really needs to get better
6: yeah, they do, and you know that angry scowl that he has in his face. You're going to see that especially magnified this year after last year's terrible season that he had here. I won't want to be at these Georgia Tech practices getting ready for this football season. I'll tell you that. That's one thing. Uh, he's got a lot of unfinished business to take care of here this football season. Here, almost a mission team in a sense that they only won five games last year, and he's. He's averaged eight and a half wins in his career, has Paul Johnson. He'll get this football team back where it needs to be. Here, uh, I think last year was a, a little bit of an atypical type season for him. Uh, the fact that they had the second fewest penalties in the country was a little puzzling because uh, when you're that good at not penalizing yourself, you usually have better records. So something was amiss with this football team. But what I like is look at their stats, guys. Last year they were net almost almost forty yards a game better positive to the stats last year yet had a losing record. I like when teams go backwards to the record and they improve their stats. That'll be good for Georgia Tech.
3: To me, Georgia Tech are like McDonald's. It's always the same. You know what I mean? They are, you know, they'll either be 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five or 5-7 five and seven every year. That's just what they are, who they are. Hang in here, Mark. We'll take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Mark Lawrence, and we'll hit the rest of the Atlantic
4: Coastal Conference Game Time Decisions.
3: I like Jake Sealy, but he said, "Show me the Chargers' weakness." The Chargers' weakness is that they're the Chargers. (laughs) That's their weakness. That they're the Chargers. (laughs) That's the weakness. You are the Chargers. You got no tight end either. Yeah, I don't think that'll be their downfall. I think the fact that they're
1: the Chargers, Philip Rivers is Oh, They don't have a tight
3: end. Yeah, they've had a tight end for the last twenty years. They've had Pro Bowl tight ends for the last twenty years. They're still the Chargers. They're like, uh, it's like Georgia Tech, man. It's like I was saying earlier, Cam, like with certain teams wanting to win. Chargers want to win, but things don't change, man. And if they change, they quickly go back to the way they were before. Mark Lawrence (laughs) joins us. uh, Continuing our conversation. All right, let's jump in here, Mark. So we've got the Clemson Tigers are favorite to win the Atlantic Coast Conference. They're minus 225. After that, there's a monster drop. As we talk about it, it seems like there's sort of Clemson and everybody else. That everybody else might be Miami, Florida. Uh, Mark Richter comes in here. Cam brought up the turnover chain. The kids like to have fun running sort of that uh, you know modern, looser program. I'm not a massive fan of it. And my only deal is, I'm not like old, like Clint Eastwood, get off my lawn type thing. <laughs> my only deal with the chain was, it seemed like the kids were... They're more interested in, in the, the chain. chain and the camera <laughs> and stuff on the sidelines in the game. Good point. You know, I would give the chain to the kid after type thing. You know, it would turn into a circus on the sidelines with the kids playing to the crowd and dancing on the bench. And, you know, it was like kids. you got to focus, man. It's easy when we're blowing teams out, man, when you're playing Rutgers or whatever. But, you know, we're not playing these guys every week. you got to stay focused. So I'd like to see Rick rein it in a little bit. But I know it helps with recruiting. And I know he's doing very well recruiting. So what do you make of this Miami uh, football team? I know they lost some some key contributors, Mark.
6: Yeah, they did lose, uh, especially on that defensive line. They lost everybody off the defensive line. That was their strength last year. Uh, the defensive line, and they're all gone. So now it reversed to the linebackers. They have everybody coming back that way. So that's good news for Miami. And I agree with you. I think what last year that stick that worked for them last year, I think can grow old real quick. And they're going to have to end up earning their uh, earning their chain, if you will. You know, rather than looking for the cameras to show things off. He's got a ton of talent. And he's doing a great job recruiting down yeah, but the here. The
3: thing is, Mark, it's like a kid makes a play, give
6: yeah. a it's Like
3: kid, we gave you a scholarship. We expected you to make. The play. Exactly. We'll give you a chain if we win the game. Like it got just, they got a little carried away. I look at their win total here, though. Ten's a lot of wins, Mark. That's 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 a lot of wins. I mean, they're, they're going to need to get to eleven, and I don't know if they can do that again.
6: Well, they won ten games last year, but they went backwards offensively and defensively. Uh, their offense slipped 17 yards a game. Their defense went backwards 19 yards a game, yet they won 10 games. That's always a no-no for me the next football season here. They kind of did it with smoke and mirrors and chains, if you will, last year, and I just don't think it works uh, two years in a row for a football team. Now they'll be a targeted team instead of this team that plays with their chip on their shoulder here. I think they're going to have a tough time here getting close to 10 wins here. i got to go under the total, or I think it's one of the better under-total plays in the league this year.
3: They lost their Julian Edelman too. How many times did we see? uh What's it name? Barrios. Theriot, yeah, Broxton Barrios. I think his first name is whatever. Uh, not that kid, Brandon Broxton. Whatever Barrios. Braxton, yeah.
6: Braxton, yeah, Broxton,
3: yeah, yeah, Broxton Barrios. He was the go-to kid. He wasn't flashy, but he was the guy that they would go to on third and eight, on third and twelve, and he made a lot of big plays for him. Now he's not there either. The heart and soul of that offense, in my opinion.
6: Well, you've got Malik Rozier coming back, whose numbers look decent, 3,100 passing yards,
2: right. 26
6: touchdowns. But he wasn't – I don't know how he generated those numbers. I really don't. He ended up, I think, hurting the team more than he helped the team last year. I don't think he's the answer. And I think everybody, like I say, has this chip on their shoulder for what he did with them last year. I think it's
3: When you watch Rozier play, he looks like a kid that's like one of these guys that's a great all-around athlete. I bet he's a pretty good basketball player, yeah. too. But he's not a great quarterback. No, he's not. He's an athlete, but he's not. He really exposed. A court, he's he not was not exposed. He was exposed to that
1: Wisconsin game, man. Like he, he was just—he started to make mistakes at the end of the year. The the,
3: the pit game, like yeah, he the, saw everything. The bubble burst the, a little. Exactly. Bit. At year, and, a little bit. exactly. At the end of the year, we got to see him. He's a good kid, and, but and they were without their star running back as well. Exactly. And that you know that caught up to him a little true. bit, but it's a lot of wins. Just caught, Just sort of looking at it, like man, it's a lot. A lot of wins, uh, right there, uh, Louisville. So uh, our friend uh, Joe Lisi, your friend and mine, uh, Mark Lawrence, um, Joe Lisi actually high on Louisville. He thinks that you know, you know the the sky is falling on him is premature. They're getting a boatload of points. I think it's in the twenty six and a half range in week one against Alabama. Historically, Nick Saban isn't interested in uh, in covering these. Uh, but uh, a stat from Mark Lawrence's database: Bobby the Louse, aka. <laughs> Bobby Petrino, a.k.a. Evil Evil, The Louse. Uh, Bobby the Louse, Owen 17 away versus AP top 15 ranked opponents. At, this will be a neutral field, but it's also an away game. It's not at home. <laughs> so what do you make well, of this team coming into the air? What do you make of the Ville?
6: Well, the Ville is not going to beat Alabama. You know, uh, that... I think that number will go to 0 and 18, but the number, the, the points are attractive. There's no question about that. It's a lot of points for Alabama to be laying right out of the gate, especially with the two headed quarterback situation that Bama's going to have. We I don't want to who do a and new a new coordinator. Exactly right. And a new coordinator. So all that works into the mix here. As far as Louisville is concerned here, you can tell I'm not a big Bobby Petrino fan at all. They were really beat up by losses last season. Two guys left in well, the he, NFL. Was,
3: was he married to your sister or something? <laughs> <laughs>
6: He dated her. He dated her. Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
6: She, she came to her senses. You know?
3: We're gonna find out. Mark, Mark's gonna be uh, the girl that crashed on a motorcycle. Yeah. That's my cousin. If you know, a, if you yeah. know a pretty lady, keep her, keep Petrino away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I always tell people, Petrino's a good coach. He's just not a very good husband. Yeah, he's got a problem with loyalty, like as we saw with the Falcons too. <laughs>
6: And I'm going to question his coaching ability here, too, guys. Uh, I've seen him out coach in a lot of games. He ends up with this deer-in-the-headlights looks. You're right. Uh, you know, you know, and with Lamar Jackson not being there, I think we're going to find out what he's all about this football season here with all these losses here. I'm on the opposite side of the tracks of Joe in this game. I really respect Joe, what he does and everything, and uh, kind of hard to go against him here. But I think Louisville, I think are going to go backwards rather than forward this year
1: and Jair alexander went uh, early too so they lose a, a great defensive player and their quarterback there so yeah no it's going to be very tough mark i got i i like the w- nc state wolf pack i like betting on this team dave dorn's done a great job they get ryan finley returning but bradley chubb out do you think they can uh, duplicate what they did last season a pretty good solid season for the nc state wolf pack well what do you think about them this year
6: well they had all the pieces in place last year there were no excuses you know they won nine games uh the uh that football team was just one of six to win nine or more games in their school history so that was really good news but i like fading teams that are off a of record setting type performances that they had like last year and they did it because of that defensive line that defensive line three of those four guys are going to be in the national football league this year so they have a, a, a lot of work to replace and even though with that defensive line they still slipped 30 yards a game with a lot of seniors on that team last year 22 of them are gone that means you got to fill a lot of holes here the the good news is Ryan Finley's back. He's a fifth-year senior uh, redshirt uh, quarterback, so that's good news for him. He used to be, I believe, at Boise State, I believe. Uh, so he'll end up helping the, the football team this year. But nine wins last year, I don't think they'll smell nine wins this football season. North Carolina, they, they were stacked last oh, year, Oh, yeah, too. what,
3: NC State? Great defensive players on that team. They were stacked, yes. but reality sort of settled it. Win total's only seven, though, and I think yeah. Finley might be able to... Uh, to, to get them there the program i think is developed enough and this conference isn't great uh really uh cam was just bringing up uh, north carolina Their defense sucks team i want to get to so what's your take on north carolina and then what about virginia tech they you know they. you got miami at the top of the odds boards after clemson florida state louisville virginia tech sitting at 16 to 1 not getting a lot of respect so what about the tar heels and then the hokies
6: I think if the Tar Heels play anything close to this year to last year, Larry Fedora's in the hot seat here. I mean, from 11 wins to 8 to 3, all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's looking over his shoulder more than he needs to want to do right now. And the bottom line here is his offense has really been devastated with some losses here as well. Uh, he never recuperated after losing Mitchell Trubisky uh, to the draft of the second player here. And then Gene Chizik left the defense. That doesn't hurt him, help him at all. Uh, last year, the defense went bad. I'm not a big North Carolina guy. You mentioned. Uh, was it Virginia or Virginia Tech?
3: Virginia Tech. Uh, a, I like
6: the Vir- I'm a big hokey guy here this year. Uh, yeah, I really, really like the, not only the makeup of this team. I love the coaching staff. Uh, w- what's going on with Virginia Tech? Everything about it. Justin Fuente was a winner at Memphis. He's a winner here right now. This team didn't even think about going backwards when he filled Frank Beamer's shoes. Uh, this all about defense, Bud Foster and that defense here. And uh, I know they suspended a couple of players here, kicked a couple of players off the team in the in uh, in the secondary, but the defensive line, the front seven, is as good as any in the country. I think Virginia Tech is going to be a real big player in the ACC this year.
3: Yeah, that just means it's business as usual up there in Blacksburg. <laughs> that's you know? what it means. Six, yeah, six. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. God, like, only two. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> You're right, though. I was talking earlier. I went on a rant earlier to open up the program about how Certain teams, certain coaches, not everyone really wants to win. Some people, everyone wants to win, but not everyone wants to put the commitment in to win. And you know all about it, Mark, you know, putting all the work in that you do. And, you know, Fuente is one of those guys. You can tell it burns him up when he loses. He wants to win every game. He wants to win championships, and he thinks that it can happen. I see their win total uh, here Virginia Tech at uh, at eight and a half I think they're a nine-win football yeah. team. I, I don't. The
1: quarterback's like, going to be better too. They got a yeah. lot of good
3: players. They don't really feel like an eight-and-four football team to me, Mark. It feels more like a nine-and-three football team.
6: What they are, guys, is one of these teams that played a ton of freshmen last year, and they succeeded with the freshmen. Josh Jackson threw for almost 3,000 yards as a freshman quarterback last year. That's a hokey record, the most ever by any FBS freshman. So a lot to like about the offense, but what really clicks here is since Fuente's been there, this defense has improved two years in a row in his two years. That's melding with Bud Foster and taking his offensive playbook together here. I think they're going to be a force in the ACC, and I'll be surprised if they don't play in the title game.
1: Mark, Wake Forest used to have problems putting like six to nine points on the board and all of a sudden, boom, averaging uh, 35, look at 466 yards per game. You got to give the Demon Deacons a lot of credit. They played in some high scoring games. What do you think about Wake Forest? That's another school. You don't really think about them as, uh, you know, a football school, but the program, their offense is really starting to click over the last couple of years.
6: Offense came around last year. They were kind of like Boston College Marshmallow-like for the longest time, but they finally found an offense last year. The problem is the defense disappeared on this team last year. I think it was smoke and mirrors last year. If you take a look at what they did defensively, they went backwards 87 yards a game yet they uh, improve from seven wins to eight. That almost always bites you the next year because there's teams you beat along the way that you shouldn't have beaten because you allowed an exorbitant amount of yards doing that. Those guys are uh, waiting in the weeds, if you will, for them next year. Uh, I think Wake Forest are going to slip backwards this football season.
3: A team, uh, Mark, um, that I'm actually high on uh, here, and I think they can get to six, and this is the Pittsburgh Panthers. I believe we've talked about them a little bit, but I really like. We've talked about how, you know, teams, you know, that win their bowl game can catapult them into the next year with a positive showing in a bowl game. Pittsburgh didn't have that, but I like the way they ended the season last year. That was a monster win for them against uh, Miami. The year before that, they beat Deshaun Watson and 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 the Clemson Tigers. They've shown the Pittsburgh Panther kids and coaching staff have shown that they can beat. Anybody in the country, or at least in their conference, and including top teams. Um, but they've also shown that they can give up 47 points to Syracuse and, and play down to uh, to their, their opponent. Pat Narduzzi with the reputation coming in here of a defensive guy, you know, they really haven't had that. But nine guys back uh, right now on defense this year. Quarterback back on offense. Uh, good offensive line. Good ground game, as you write when they... Um, they rush for two hundred plus yards. they're twelve and three, in a fifteen times it's happened under Narduzzi i you know, I feel some positivity around this Panther program, and I think that six is is doable for them. I mean, God, all I'm asking is to play five hundred football. <laughs>
6: Well, what you've got is you've got nine starters back from a defense when the coach, it's all about defense. And uh they improved that defense last year 56 yards a game. I think this is one of the sleeper teams in the ACC this year. I think the total is really uh, winnable for this team here. Uh I think they're going to give Penn State fits in game number two. Penn State's going to go in there as a big favorite in the contest here. The old rival will be at its best here. They got rubbed out last year by the Lions, yet they out-yarded Penn State in that football game that that's the the key, guys. They outstanded Penn State in that football contest and lost on the scoreboard. That could be the upset really early in this football season here. Mark that down. Second game of the season, Penn State at Pittsburgh. I think Pitt will give this team fits and at least come out of it with a ton of confidence here. I think this team sails over the total, and they'll be bowling at the end of the year.
3: My upset yeah. special in week two is the uh, Texas Longhorns to beat the USC Trojans. Ooh, except, A lot of people like Texas. Except I don't really know if it's an upset special because I think the game's down to basically about a pick now. I think USC opened up his three-point road favorites or two and a half. I think it was bet down to a pick So I, I don't know if it's an upset special. But I think that'll be a Tom Herman statement game in week two, Mark.
6: Oh, it will be. You know, they're going to be home waiting and uh, waiting for that football team. That puts Texas on the map, puts Tom Herman on the map. And remember when he went over there and he came over from Houston? Houston was that one team that f uh, that uh, power five or a group group of power five teams that uh, every time he played uh, against a, a, a power five opponent he beat them. And he's yep. you know his record as an underdog it's it's spectacular nine and one to the spread in his career as a dog. Uh, I think that's the reason that game got bet down big time in that football game. I think there's a lot of people like texas to win the big 12 conference this year for openers and he's sitting there as a home dog here i think it's a big huge game for texas that's a game they have circled in red ink and i agree with you on that call
3: two teams we didn't get to on the way out here we've only got about a minute or two mark syracuse and virginia and i know i read i read the preview for syracuse and yeah i agree with you yeah four and eight seasons but i actually watched syracuse closely last year they have some talent this is a football team They they had a tough schedule they were in football games I think they're better than a four and a football team.
6: I think they are too. They've got a, pl- a plenty of offense. What I like is the defense finally came around for Dino Babers' team last year, and he's got eight starters back on offense. At Eric Dungey, only quarterback in the in, in the FBS to throw for six thousand yards and run for a thousand. there. they're going to be a team nobody's going to want to play this year.
1: And Mark, uh, for them too, they got to get off to a good start, because you talked in the uh, in the uh, report here. Five bowlers in the final game, so Syracuse coming under the gate, ding, 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 ding. they got to get those wins because down the stretch their schedule is going to be real tough, but I'm with you. They improved on both sides of the ball. I think of Syracuse is a play-on team.
6: Yeah, they open, I think they open up 3-1 and one their first four games and before they go to Clemson here. 3-1 and one will get them the confidence, I think, to at least get to six wins and end up being that bowl team this year.
3: Mark Lawrence, playbook.com. Available on uh, newsstands, and of course, uh, go over to the website. You can uh, check it out online uh, as well. Before we get you out of here, uh, Mark, Major League Baseball uh, tonight. Um, I know you love your ugly dogs uh, when it comes to Major League Baseball. You're looking at some ugly dogs tonight.
6: Well, you know. Uh, you look at this baseball card here tonight, uh, you know, for one dog, I can't believe that uh, the king, Felix Hernandez, is as big a dog as he is against the Yankees here tonight. You've got the Yankees, uh, uh, I don't even know how you pronounce his name, Lo- Lois Siga uh, picked up his first win in his first start. you got Hernandez a dog, buck 50, 60 dog here tonight. I like that. And tomorrow, mark this down, remember this, guys, here. Carlos Martinez is going to be going on the DL. He'll be going up against tomorrow against Junior Guerra. Fade the Redbirds tomorrow.
3: Mark Lawrence, playbook.com, also thinks uh, Nathan Ivaldi worth a look tonight against Houston.
4: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
2: Game time decisions.
3: Uh, level two. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio. I gave them Red to alongside Cam Stewart. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches. Avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. If you sign up for a new account, use the promo code FNTSY. You can elect to receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the props that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign-up and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Mybookie.ag, FNTSY. Get a 50% uh, 50 deposit bonus. We'll check in on mybookie.ag's lines of the night a little bit uh, later on. Let's bring in uh, Lou uh, right now, com. Are you there, Lou? Hello? Lou? Hello, Lou. Lou! Lou! Uh, We've been waiting for you, Lou. How you doing, Lou?
2: How we doing, fellas?
3: <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> Pretty good, Lou. Always a pleasure, Lou. Thanks uh, Thanks for joining us. Uh, a lot of stuff to get to uh, here, Lou. It's a busy time of the year right now, man. we got World Cup uh, action uh, going on. College uh, Baseball World Series, UFC Singapore. Um, so as far as the College uh, World Series is concerned uh, right now, Arkansas. Arkansas is uh, winning 5 nothing against uh, Texas Tech. That's in the fifth inning uh, right now. Um, yet um, your hometown uh, has some weather issues right now, uh, Lou, as uh, we're not really sure whether this Oregon State Beaver um, Wash, Oregon State-North uh, Carolina game is going to be able to get in uh, because they were supposed to play Arkansas and Texas. Uh, they were supposed to play uh, last night mm-hmm. uh, this game, but they had to push it back to today uh, due to weather. Remember uh, yesterday we are talking about but, game, the long delay with yep, one of the games? Exactly. So um, long story short, um, North Carolina and Oregon State are scheduled 7 Eastern tonight, but it might not for, get there. For later. But it could be uh, it could be ra- raining pretty hard. It was originally scheduled for four o'clock, but they pushed it back. But uh, now it could be uh, raining there tonight, Lou. But if they play this game tonight, Lou, who do you like?
2: Well, I'll tell you, it, it, you have to check weather uh, because if you're watching this Arkansas game, you, you hear the announcers saying it themselves. Arkansas has hit two home runs in this game uh, because the wind is you know four miles five miles and it's at the back of the hitter, which is very atypical for Omaha. And what they said on the broadcast was, geez, if you hit that if you hit those home runs the first two days of the College World Series, you're out by fifty feet. So you gotta pay attention to what the wind is doing. And usually before the storms hit, the wind blows right into the batter, and then after it calms, the wind either goes away or it dust a little bit at the back of the batter. So uh, uh, that's a long way of saying that I think that if they play this game, no matter if they play it tonight or tomorrow, I'll have to check what the wind conditions are. But I think Oregon State is poised by their depth and the fact that they've played absolutely terrible baseball to this point. I, I think that they may be in a little bit better position than North Carolina in this next game. Now, that being said, Oregon minus
3: 300. Yeah, 330 now even. Holy jeez. Minus 330. North Carolina dangerous at uh, plus 250. The total is 11, but as Lou just stated, the ballpark in Omaha sounds to me, Lou, it's almost like why the odds makers don't post the totals for Chicago Cup games until the last uh, possible moment because they need to know about where the which way the wind is blowing. Sounds like in Omaha it's like uh, Wrigley on steroids with the wind. <laughs>
2: You, uh, you just want to be aware of of what that win's doing. More importantly, when you look at the, at the brass tacks of North Carolina and Oregon State, maybe if Oregon State was humming, you could justify minus 330. But the way they've played, air filled very tight, not hitting the ball, although they did have a little bit of a breakout against Washington, uh, this team's too tight to consider minus 330. there's no way I'll play this next game. Uh, In preference, I'll look to Texas Tech, who's going to get beat by Arkansas here in all likelihood. When Texas Tech plays Florida, you're going to see the same thing happen, and I think Florida's depth uh, of pitching staff is going to be too much for Texas Tech, and and that line will be a little bit tighter than minus 330 on OSU. Hey, Lou you got what you got to give the
1: SEC credit here we got Arkansas kicking Texas Texas you got Florida playing on Thursday and Mississippi
2: State there SEC they're doing some damage in the College World Series. Last year the two SEC finalists uh, that, that were LSU and uh, Florida and they won their respective brackets so you have to respect the SEC and in my futures write-up, we have arkansas at 9 to 2 oregon state at uh at 5 to 2 with some work to do arguably but michigan uh, mississippi state at 8 to 1 as our flyer so uh right now on the futures wagers uh Gambleau enthusiasts are right where they need to be <laughs>
3: <laughs> Gamble enthusiast Gambleu. I, I'm a gambler enthusiast I, I like that, I'm a gambler enthusiast, enthusiast. Yes. That sounds like you should get a, a t-shirt uh, made there
2: Well, I gotta be honest with you though Our our day-to-day games We started out with a big win against With North Carolina in the opening game Against Oregon State But I've dropped a couple since So I got work to do yet Day-to-day But there's still another 7-8 games left to play And our futures are are looking good. So there's work to do, and there's profit to be made at this College World Series. All right, so speaking
3: of the College uh, World uh, Series, and uh, get ready, uh, Florio and company, because here's your uh, promo of the day. And Speaking of me being uh, tired of the LeBron James debate and the Stormy Daniels uh, fatigue. I like Stormy Daniels fatigue. I've got LeBron James debate and Stormy Daniels fatigue uh, promo fatigue. (laughs) So, (laughs) I don't want to hear. We got a promo running about me talking. I don't want to hear about LeBron James. Now I'm going to do a new promo. I don't want to hear me talking talking about about that uh, that (laughs) anymore. But here's a new promo. And this is only, like, really? Like, I guess you could say, you know, God bless the South on this one. And I don't know if you guys heard this story. But in what started out as a normal sports report about the College World Series uh, game between Mississippi State and North Carolina One fan casually explained the uh, sacrifices that he and his family made to get from Mississippi to Omaha to watch the game. With a perfectly straight face, Mississippi State fan Terry Powell delivered an outrageous explanation to Omaha local news, KMTV, Megan Stewart, about how he ended up at the College World Series. It has now gone viral. The sacrifices that we made personally to be here are incredible. My wife's boyfriend... Let that sink in. Yeah, my wife's boyfriend <laughs> sold his prosthetic leg on Craigslist to afford me the opportunity to be here. But they get some alone time, and I get the chance to be in Omaha.
4: <laughs> they get some alone time.
2: <laughs> Go wow. Bulldogs! Wow. <laughs> well, that's I. I don't even know what to, how to comment on that. I would I would tell you that. I would tell you that most Omahans would feel that that's typical of Mississippi.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: the Mississippi State. That when the Mississippi State fans come to Omaha, that uh, you can have ten of them in the stands, and they'll be louder than if Nebraska was there, because they're 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 intense fans, and they bring these cowbells. And I'm telling you, after a couple of days, Omaha wants Mississippi the hell out of
1: there. <laughs> they do cowbells for the baseball, too. Oh, my God. Oh, it's God. brutal.
2: <laughs> it's absolutely brutal.
1: Gabe and I went to a Mississippi Lou, State there, game, like me. hung over with the bells. like We were losing our minds, Lou. I had kids. I passed out on a pallet. I got kids
3: throwing rocks at me. It was rough in Mississippi. Lou, we've actually been in that stadium in Starkville, <laughs> yep. and it was like an 11 a.m. morning uh, kickoff time. Oh, yeah. Me and Cam hadn't slept in like two days, Ooh. continuously drinking and other things. i go in there, man, and it was relentless, bro. Like, it wouldn't stop. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding, ding. ding. Like, after every, like, they punt the ball. Oh, ding, 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 ding. It was right behind my head, Lou, man. it was, like, a family, man, like uh. kids and old ladies, and they all had their cowbells. The SEC made it illegal. They said, you guys got to stop with the cowbells all the time when people are like calling plays and on like you're, it's a distraction. <laughs> they don't listen. But no, they just did it anyways and they couldn't stop them.
2: <laughs> it's brutal. It's, it, it's absolutely brutal. The fans in Omaha have the, have the team. If they like any new blood, they're, they're taken to Arkansas because the coach used to coach in Nebraska. Uh, but for the most part, they don't like the, the the Miamis, the Texas. It used to be Oklahoma State. The teams that go there every year, Omaha don't necessarily cherish, and they hate cowbells. <laughs> Doesn't everybody? I hate those
3: cowbells. Yes, yeah. brutal, All right. brutal. All right, so there won't be any cowbells in Singapore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> UFC Singapore. Well, <laughs> Let's wait till the weigh-ins uh, get past <laughs> us first. A pretty good segue. That was <laughs> that's why it's, you know, I'm it. a pro. That's
3: right. <laughs> yeah, well, there's not. I <laughs> that, doubt. I doubt. I don't not, know. I doubt we're going to see even, anyone. D- no, d- there's d- not one cowbell in Singapore. <laughs> you get executed for ringing a cowbell <laughs> like, in public. You get executed for spitting out gum. <laughs> yeah, spitting on the sidewalk—that's right. a—that's that's a, thats a problem. It sure is. All right. Uh, so, what, what do you make of this? Um, this uh ufc singapore card uh, here lou
2: you know it's it's steeped with regional talent uh most of the fighters that we that we're gonna see on this card we've seen it at, at other recent asia cards uh the the, the keenan song uh rolando die yadong song uh, you know a lot of these guys uh, our, our regional kind of talent and I'll be honest with you I did not really handicap this card very deeply I, I looked at the top two fights and one or two uh, uh the fighters that I think might be poised to upset uh but I'll be I'll be very conservative in this card uh with my plays that's for sure
3: What's wrong with you? You're not willing to put uh, two thousand uh, dollars down on Naoki and Ushi and Jingling, uh, Jingling. The Jingling's actually pretty Jingling. good. He's minus three forty. Yeah, oh, minus three forty. I know these cards are yeah, they're they're tricky. And uh, let's just say too, there's been uh, some questionable decisions. Yeah, uh, in these parts before. Shadyness in Singapore. This in Singapore, yeah. Well, only happens to be the home of the largest match fixing syndicate cartels in the world. Um. And when Macau, remember Macau? Yeah, That's Macau. Dude, Remember it, Lou? That when Macau was when the kid got arrested. He took the bribe, yeah. and the UFC Dang. knew. The UFC came in, and they said, "Listen, whatever you're doing, don't do this. Wow. Whatever you're thinking of doing, don't do it." Oh. And the numbers were going crazy, Cam. Like the numbers swung from like 600 to the other side. Like basically, he was supposed to win. He took a bribe. Word got out. Oh, the man. line swung. And then he won the fight. Unbelievable. And then he got arrested. (laughs) That's crazy, man. Yeah, then he got arrested. Because after they said, didn't matter that you won, you already took (laughs) the money. Exactly. And so imagine, he got arrested and he He pissed off the Yakuza. Oh, my God. That's not good. That's not good. (laughs) Or whatever cartel paid him off.
2: Maybe it was good he got arrested because that way he couldn't get killed.
1: That's a great point. I'd rather be in jail than deal with a cartel like that. They'll find you. Like you, you know, jail, jail could I, no. But then they'll get somebody from the inside. You're, you're, dead, either or, uh, you're dead either way. Yeah, right. You're dead either way. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's they, you don't want to you don't want to mess with that. They just whack uh, that, one of your that, relatives. That,
3: yeah, if they can't find you, you they yeah, just yeah. whack it, one of your relatives. Great points. Um, they're like Kim Jong Un. They sent a couple of chicks in like uh, Barcelona soccer jerseys to rub you out in an airport. <laughs> Donald uh, Cowboy Cerrone (laughs) and Leon Edwards. So Cerrone says, you know what, screw the nice guy. Normally Cerrone's like, hey, it ain't personal, it's just a business, and he smiles at the way He doesn't like the fact that Leon Edwards said he's going to smash Cerrone and hurt him. He said he's made it personal, so now Cerrone's going to make it personal. Should Leon Edwards be a minus 215 favorite here, Lou? He really hasn't beaten anyone. I know he's got a five-fight win streak right now, but he hasn't uh, fought anybody before.
2: Uh, I think he should be – I, I handicap him to be a favorite. I, I like the fact that he's beaten a guy in Tumanov who's you know primarily a striker. He stepped up and went to Vincent Luque. Uh, he beats Luque uh, in a decision. He hangs in there with Brian Barberina. that's tougher than John Wayne's saddle, and then he, and he takes another strike. Now he takes a, a guy in Peter Sabota. Who, who is a really a, a ground type of fighter. So I like Edwards' body of work. I think he's throwing a crescendo going into this fight. I think Cerrone is a blown-up 155-er. And granted, Edwards is not going to surprise Cerrone like Darren Till did. So Cerrone is going to be prepared for this fight. But the longer it goes, the more it's going to turn into Edwards' favor, and so I do like Edwards in the fight, but I love, I absolutely love the over two and a half. And if you look close, over two and a half is minus 125. And if you look in the, in the uh, uh, props, fight starts round three, minus 125. There's a little wrinkle right there, and I've already taken that. Fight starts round three, minus 125. See the cashier. Hang in here, Lou. We'll take a quick break. Offer the John Wayne saddle.
3: Yeah, hang in here. We'll be right back on the other side with Lou
5: Gamblu. 844- 84 fntsy That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source 24 hours a day.
2: But later
3: on we'll take a look at the nba draft and uh, trade uh, situation of course hornets trade dwight howard to the brooklyn nets earlier in the day there's reports um, that uh, lebron james doesn't want uh, lonzo ball in Los Angeles. See Alonzo. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> when the king says go, he gone. And I called this. <laughs> I totally said this. I think you, think you think LeBron James wants to deal with this kid in this circus exactly. side show?
1: What about Kawhi Leonard and the Celtics? They're getting closer. Every, That's uh,
3: bad news for the East. Yeah. Ugh, the Celtics are always involved. So, yeah, the report is Alonzo Ball. And, you know, it's not heavily being shot, but because they don't want to get rid of him and then LeBron not show up. So they need commitment that LeBron's yeah. coming for sure. Then they're going to put. Lonzo Ball actively on the market, but the draft is tomorrow, and LeBron is leaving the league hanging right now. Yeah, what else is new? Yeah, exactly. That's what he does, Gabe. Exactly. He Just, plays the media. He plays the league. That's that's LeBron James. Let's bring in uh, Lou uh, right now, not to get his opinion on uh, LeBron James, yes, but uh, to get his opinion on uh, Leon Edwards and uh, Cowboy Cerrone and OSP and uh, Pedro. So you think the right favorite is here. And it's something you brought up a good point, Lou, when we went to, to the break there is that um, – Cerrone's just a little undersized at this at this spot. He's a 155, or he's not really a 170. Or some of these young guys are pretty big 170-pounders, man.
2: Yeah, they they are. And while Edwards is nowhere near the size as Till, uh, you know, he is a good, strong six-footer. He's going to have eight years of youth on Cerrone. And as long as Edwards utilizes a little IQ... <laughs> excuse me, and make Cerrone fight into the second round after six, seven minutes, I think Edwards' natural quickness, speed, and precision punching is just going to start to become too much. And I think that through attrition, not a, I think that Edwards could finish Cerrone in the fourth or fifth, but it's going to be through a, a uh, accumulation of damage, not one shot. Cerrone is a tough guy. He's a gamer. He's not going to look past Edwards. He's going to show up with a good effort. But Donald Cerrone is is nothing more than a gatekeeper at this point in time. It's unfortunate to say, but it's how I view him.
1: No, that's a great point, Lou. Like, this guy used to be one of my favorites, like, kicking ass all the time, but it seems like the last few fights, like, have taken their toll on Cerrone. He's, a, he's not the same guy anymore. And to see him at plus 175, though, it's kind of crazy when this guy used to lay major juice when uh, he was a healthier man.
2: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. He's a, he's a competitor, he's a warrior, and I think the UFC is rewarding him for being a company man uh, by allowing him to travel to all corners of the world. And he's going to put on a good fight. But I do think that uh, that Edwards, provided he fights smart for seven minutes, is going to have tremendous advantage over Cerrone in this fight. Uh, OSP, OSP, and uh, Tyson Pedro,
3: all Saint Prue, for you uh, football fans if the name sounds familiar. Of course, he was a linebacker with the Tennessee Volunteers uh, years ago takes on uh pedro here what's your take on this with uh you know pedro's a small favorite lou minus 125 minus 130 in that range
2: so here's how i look at this fight you got a guy who is the son of a king of the cage fighter in australia so he's grown up in mixed martial arts in tyson pedro been around it his whole life Ovin st Pru is a football player he's a great athlete he's learning how to become a mixed martial artist And it's not like he's learning at AKA or the MMA lab or uh, you know at at any of the major top gyms. Jackson Week, he's in Knoxville, Tennessee, being self-taught. This is this is really a great opportunity here because you've got Pedro, who's much more decorated. He's a black belt in Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. He's a black belt in Kempo Karate. Brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and all. Uh, we can boast with St. is that he's athletic and a brown belted jiu-jitsu. This, this is Pedro's fight to lose and I love Pedro at a modest minus 120.
1: Hey Lou, if you're uh, watching the card and drinking, uh, make sure you click the right Jessica. Jessica versus Jessica, I versus Rose Clark. Uh, Rose Clark laying 30 cents in this one. Do you got an opinion on uh, the ladies?
2: Yeah, I, I tend to lean to Jessica I a little bit. Uh, she's she's dropping weight she's arguably the the bigger girl she's going to have an inch of reach she's two inches taller uh i know that clark is is a tough gal uh but but i'm gonna i it gun to my head i'd look at jessica i in this fight that's a great handle jessica i nice name
1: i
3: is your last name that's wild yeah she has struggled a lot though you like rose clark She's always undersized, uh, Jessica. That's that's her problem. She's she is a tough it, chick, but she's she's undersized. And that's look, why she's
2: dropping the she's dropping from thirty five to twenty five. I think that makes a little bit bit of a difference. Yeah, for
3: her. it should. I mean, look, she's lost four of her last uh, five fights. She did win. Jessica Rose uh, Clark uh, comes in, uh, coming off this. This is an interesting fight, actually, man. It really is a tough fight. I think the oddsmakers got this one right. You can't say that uh, you know Rose Clark hasn't fought in anybody she beat Paige Van Zandt. she beat Beck Rollins she beat Karina Dam so you know there's pretty some pretty good women's fighters right there Her loss against Sarah Kaufman no no shame in that uh, this really is an intriguing fight but Jessica I really should be a, a a hungry fighter Lou to show that she's better than what she showed since she's gotten to the UFC
2: well I, I think she's a desperate fighter because if she loses this I think she's on the bubble of getting caught
3: Back to Invicta. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Is that what she did? Invicta? <laughs>
3: yeah. Back, uh... No, actually, you know what? Uh, <clears throat> she was in uh, BFC and uh, a couple other places. All right, Lou, so before we get you out of here, any of the other... Uh, I know you said uh, the... Uh, the undercard, it doesn't overly intrigue you. We have so, so many big favorites. Jake Matthews on the card. He's minus 500. 525. Um, we got Yan against Ishihara. He's minus uh, 535. Cam mentioned uh, Jing Lang. He's minus 330. What do you make? uh you have any opinions on these cards? Any upsets along the way, or do you think it's going to be a big favorite night?
2: Yeah, it's mostly due diligence, but let's go to early, early in the card, and we have a young Brazilian gal named Pereira, Viviana Pereira, shipping in. She's going to fight the, uh, the local, and by local, I, I, I'm sure Yan Xiaonan is Chinese. Anyway, uh, Yan is five inches taller, and in this case, she's 29 against Pereira 24, And she's going to have a little bit of reach. I think Pereira is a ship-in, and I've seen Pereira fight a couple times. She's not impressed me. I don't know much about Yan, but I like her physical characteristics. I like the fact that she's plus 145, and I'm going to give her a shot. She's my dog of the undercard. The Zyounan Yan. Lou, com. All right, Lou. And
1: Lou's uh, baseball, betting on the road team, screwed you that. Remember that time he went to the game? Pirates beat Diamondbacks. Lou, your, yeah. your little visitor's <laughs> things worked for you. You're at the game. No,
3: I can't
2: believe I'm it. I'm a heel, did.
3: baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a heel, but I love it. <laughs> I'm a heel. <laughs> so listen, Lou, we've got the audio here, guys. We weren't kidding about the dude. And, you know, and it's just, it's just, just, it's just too much, this which yeah i'm here because my 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 wife's boyfriend sold his prosthetic leg so i could come to omaha all right here we've got the tape this is true here we go all right uh, roll roll the tape boys not the spirits for the fans of
0: this morning's college world series game
6: the sacrifices that we personally made to be here are incredible my wife's boyfriend sold his
4: prosthetic leg on craigslist to afford me the opportunity to be here
0: um and
1: I get a chance to be in
3: Omaha. Terry Powell <laughs> Go Mississippi is
2: unbelievable.
3: Oh, it's people, <laughs> people are gonna be showing up to this guy's house all the time now and saying, Hey listen, I gotta take a ticket to Omaha for you. Can I okay, where's to, where's your wife? Like really? That's all it took? <laughs>
1: My wife hey, listen,
2: small. I'd be I'd be careful. Some of them Mississippi State women look just like their mascot. <laughs> Bulldogs.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes.
3: <laughs> Go, dogs. Nice, Lou. Oh, Lou, you're the best. Sold a prosthetic uh, yeah. leg. See you later, Lou. Thanks for the time, buddy. Have Check through. Gamble
1: Gamblew. Tougher than John Wayne Saddle. <laughs> He's got some great lines. <laughs> Lou rocks. You, the guy says it so nonchalantly, too, right? Yeah, you know, my wife's boyfriend. <laughs> like It's just okay, thanks, buddy. Unbelievable. How much does a prosthetic leg go for on Craigslist? He didn't see how much he got for it either. What do you think? How much you think a plastic leg uh, goes for on uh,
3: Craigslist? It can't be that. It can't be used. Used prosthetic leg. I'm going to say about uh, 400 bucks. I'm going to say... Well, it all depends. Yeah. Like, if it's one of the old sort of, like, yeah, the fugitive wood like, ones. Good yeah. call. There's nah, new... There's, mo- nah, it's nah. like sex bots. Like, there's new bottles, there's new yeah. right? Yeah. I'm going to say $750 you know, there's, for the new one. There's a dude that uh, lives in my condo, and uh, he's got, like, a modern arm. So, like, he lost half his arm, but yeah. he's... He's got, like, it's it's flesh, like it looks like a regular arm. No, he looks like the Terminator. It's has guy like, metal and stuff oh, like really? that. Really? Yeah, oh, wow. it's pretty slick looking. He looks like the Terminator. But uh, it was amazing. I saw he had his wallet clipped in the claw. Oh, amazing. I thought of you. You'd be like, man, this guy, and I was looking. I was like, I guess you really. And he was just casually walking with a dangling and a wallet. I was just fascinated by seeing the wallet. And I was it's like... It's not moving. No. That's the it. It, claw, good. Once I, it. The claw's Once the claw's in, the claw's Yeah, it's not like an ankle bracelet. Like, you can't mess with the claw. <laughs> once the claw's in, the claw's in. Yeah, so like I said, like, there's the modern stuff. That, yeah. You know, like you said, the ones that look real. I mean, those are... Yeah, not like the old ones. are like $80,000 they, $80, or something. Yeah, there's like Captain ones, you know what I mean? Uh, part wood. Yeah, those right, are pretty yeah, cheap. Yeah. Use prosthetic leg for sale. eBay.
1: Yeah. So but the guy said it paid for his trip to Omaha, so yeah yeah you, yeah, I think we're right. I think we're between 500 and 750 that's that's a good place
3: to go no cheaper than you would think 280 these don't look very comfortable though
1: <laughs> take a look at all. oh no, that leg does not no I don't like that one. Two hundred two. Two hundred and two dollars. Look at this guy. He you get you get the leg and a foot for three hundred and thirty one uh, three thirty two twenty five three thirty two twenty five leg and
3: foot. Oh, look at this one. This one's a little better.
1: Yeah, that one looks. Yeah, you're saying that's more. That's more modern. Five hundred bucks. Two eighty.
3: Uh, that's some medieval shit, right? That's there. the one
1: from the Sopranos. Forty nine ninety nine. Remember the chick, the Polish chick that Tony uh, was yeah, with for a while.
3: That's like Mad Dog Vashov's. <laughs> Remember, Shawn Michaels ripped Mad Dog Vashon's prosthetic leg off and attacked uh, Diesel with it.
1: That's right.
3: (laughs) So it must not be that expensive to get from Mississippi to Omaha. They got a couple hundred bucks. So in other words, Buddy doesn't mind someone doing his wife as long as for like a $49 piece of wood. Correct. Because, yeah, I'm guessing, Cam, that this dude and uh, his wife's boyfriend didn't have the uh, Duke University modern... U.S. military he, Great point. Will at Walter Reed Hospital prosthetic.
1: Let's just say. I think
3: it's. it was probably like a piece of wood. Yeah. I have a feeling it's made of
1: hickory rather than graphite. Probably like homemade. <laughs> it's, he he whittled it. <laughs> With the jackknife. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that other one for 49 It's a very good that's point. a
3: bad leg. It's a very good point. Like, we need to see the wife. We need to see what she looks yeah, like. Yeah, I agree this. 100%. He's kind of a normal-looking dude. Can we get the audio again? I know the boys. Hello. Are, the boys in the booth have a lot of things going on. Yeah, they so do. I'm I think sure they're, they're they right said there. they had an NBA drafting. Yeah, their all, on. all so I, of stuff yeah, going yeah. on here. But yeah, are you there? Let's get this again if we can. Here, I want. I want to hear him again. It's like listening to the evidence again. <laughs> I think the boys are well, I, don't I think they're gone. I'll be honest, it took us about twenty minutes to get it done <laughs> in the first place, so See the OB yeah. would have been what the hell's wrong with no, you? Like you hurry look, the F up yeah, the like, Yeah, you usually look very calm and just sitting back and you know, just take it, it all in. Yeah, I'm taking it all in. It's all going in a yearly report <laughs>
1: <Sorry>. <laughs> You're you're right though. That last leg looks closer to the truth that he didn't have the nice see through Graphite, like that one for 500, look, he's not the, I guarantee he doesn't have a leg that good. I will, I will make that bet with you right now.
3: There's no way. I didn't realize people were that big into college baseball. Like, I, I you know, like even, no, I, you know, like a Mississippi State were in a national championship football game. I would expect maybe a story like this. No, it's not really that they're into college baseball or anything the guy's just a swinger and will give away his wife for anything i think it was just
1: like, to that's Omaha. what he said he just wanted to it wasn't about anything he just wanted no. to basically let this guy no. bag his wife
3: and go to the world series no he's a lifelong he's a diehard mississippi state fan he wouldn't miss it for anything that's why his wife's boyfriend sold his prosthetic leg on craigslist <laughs> that's hardcore
4: that's unbelievable
3: i tell the dude why don't you sell your old leg
4: yeah exactly
3: I think I got a horse pick for you, Gabe.
1: I know horses are a soft uh, subject right now, but uh, I got a good tip for you. The ninth race at Belmont's off in 13 minutes. I'm taking a shot with Skatsuko. Skatsuko, he's the 11 horse, ran by one of my favorite jockeys, Junior Alvarado, at 6 to 1. Well worth a look.
3: This guy's uh, very dangerous coming from the outside post. It's a tough night uh, tonight, I'll tell you, on the baseball board. Yeah,
1: baseball is tough crazy games like hey twins got it done for hey the dirty dog twins twins they were good la- they were good last night they were good to us what else was uh on the baseball board there's got yeah it's, there's a lot of favorites i don't know what i'm going to do with this card it's very very difficult maybe some parlays was there a game that jumps out at you, or anything like that? I think the Boston Red Sox get back on I, track. I, I would agree with that. I think Boston with David Price. You only—that's know, the thing. I like. I don't mind Lance Lynn. I like Minnesota as a home dog, but with Barrios, I got see. That's the thing. I got Barrios at plus one sixty-five, and now you're getting Lynn at plus one forty against David Price, who's a hot pitcher. He's not playing Fortnite anymore. Lynn, He's ready to rock. Lynn's been pretty good too, though. He has been good, but it has been okay. Sixty cents is not extravagant for a team like Boston that lost the night before. It's not that bad of a price. Your boy uh, Bibbins Dirks is going again tonight, too. This guy, uh, him and Junis, that's a bad pitching uh, matchup there.
3: Lugo and Bettis. eh. Rangers are hot. They've been putting up some runs as of late, actually. I respect
1: Mark Lawrence, but I can't take uh, Felix Hernandez, even though he pitches pretty good at Yankee Stadium at plus 175. I don't know, man. That's tough.
3: It's very tough. The Yankees might want to make a statement against Seattle, say, hey. Well, Seattle were so hot, they're about to lose a couple of games. Yeah, exactly. I went to the well last night. did work out well. I fell in the well. well I'm falling in the well right now. I took a shot with the Marlins.
1: They're losing 5-1 now. They're up one nothing It happens.
3: Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage, Radio Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We've got some DFS to get to. We've got a lot of stuff to get to, actually. All that and more coming
4: up next. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app.
3: Sam just mentioned David Price playing uh, Fortnite, and he said he'd uh, give up uh, Fortnite. Uh, Yeah, David Price uh, said he's not an all-star, but if a scenario is picked, I'll come up with something. If I'm an all-star, I won't have to pitch. I'll play a lot of Fortnite that (laughs) night, uh, the night before. He's actually pitching like an all-star right now. Now he is. But uh, he should probably just shut up. (laughs) Just, Just shut up and go win, all right? just uh, go in tonight cuz i think i'll probably be taking you.
1: He's on the card.
3: All right, so we talked uh we talked a lot about Phil Mickelson uh yeah, earlier in the week. We did. Uh Phil Mickelson uh Phil Mickelson is uh finally uh apologizing? Finally uh, realizing. Well, i don't care.
1: Personally. I don't care if he apologized. Phil so, so
3: Mickelson apologized for hitting a still-moving putt at the 2018 U.S. Open and a text message to several reporters. Mickelson, who previously had defended his actions on the 13th green in round three at Shinnecock, noted that his frustration and anger boiled over, and he more or less snapped. didn't he just? That's We all know that. That's what he just should have said after. Yeah. That's, it's what, that's, what, said. that's what I'm saying. He should have said, guys, and started laughing. Said guys, I really effed up, man. Yeah. And he goes, I'm. Uh, that's I'm embarrassed. He goes, I got so pissed off at the hole. I want to apologize to all the other players, and you know, yeah. I really, you know, I want to thank them for not kicking me out. You know, but, but he said does,
1: but, but he does it on Wednesday, and yeah. it just tells you that it's not truthful because his real natural reaction would have been that, but he didn't. He gave you the business answer. He so, says,
3: he, who cares? So he and, and it also, you know, it's fake because he texted it. Why wouldn't he just yeah. he wouldn't talk. right? Exactly. He goes, I know this should have come sooner, but it's taken me a few days to calm down. My anger and frustration got the best of me last weekend. I'm embarrassed and disappointed in my actions. It was clearly not my finest moment. And I'm sorry. I think, you know what? I think that the only reason he's saying this now is because I think he is embarrassed I think he is embarrassed, but I think he's only sorry. It's like people are only sorry if they got, got caught. caught. Yep, you it's know what 100%. I mean? He's embarrassed because he sees that, oh, shit. I did something These crazy. These guys really are taking this seriously. Like, this is really not, this isn't going away. Or at least, yeah, ha, ha, it went away at the time because it was a softball interview and the crowd still liked them anyways. But I think he, I think the reality settled in. that You know what? i really tired my reputation here. I better say something about this cuz i guarantee you if everyone would have laughed it off and said oh phil that was so funny and oh it was creative of him to think about the rules like that then he wouldn't be apologizing now exactly and i'm, I'm with you i think
1: the apology means jack i really don't care you know he doesn't mean it and uh, just watching watching his face and whatever when he did that thing you know he's unapologetic he's just doing it to try to save face and i, I don't really don't care I'm with you. I think it still tarnishes his image, and it's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen on the golf course. So, you know what? I, I think the sport of golf, there's a lot of things I disagree with. I think the rules are too tight when it comes to, like, balls moving and stuff like that. And back in
3: the old days, old ladies calling in and DQing guys. What he did was a disgrace. His wife, Amy Mickelson, says that uh, he actually, that Phil Mickelson actually went up to Mike Davis and offered to withdraw from the tournament. And Davis told him not to. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't believe it. You think you're calling Amy
1: Mickelson a liar? Yeah, why? Why? Why would she? She? Of course, she's gonna lie for her husband. Why? And, and then, and you know what? And then why? Th- why didn't he just do it by himself? Then I don't. Did he enjoy that paycheck? Or he could. Did just, he enjoy yeah. the paycheck for finishing P55 or whatever the hell it was? He still got paid. See, that's another thing. This. This all and also. And like also,
3: as well, too. Yeah, he's apologetic now on Wednesday. For the record, too, he told people to quote. Toughen up if they had a problem with this after on Sunday. Yeah. A little bit of a different reaction? Amy Mickelson says he's a good man who had a bad moment. He's not perfect. I'm not, you're not. You might have a bad day at work or do something or say something you regret. Yeah, true. When a player does it, it's on a very large stage, and there's uh, so much immediate reaction on Twitter and social media. It can be overwhelming.
1: It's amazing to me how many times athletes now have their wives doing their dirty work. Like, you know what I mean? Like standing up for you or the Twitter accounts and all this other stuff. You said it. You could just should have done it on, on Saturday, be a man, take care of the situation. We wouldn't be there. But it was fake the first time, and it's fake the second time. So that's the way it is. You notice that, Marenzi? A lot of women are stepping up and doing, uh, you know, do, do it, like what, what's Amy Mikkel? it's It's Phil. Phil. Phil should be doing the talking, not his wife.
3: Ricky Fowler was uh, played played with them after, and uh, see that's the thing though. A lot of the golfers, they're not. You know, Ricky Fowler said he thought it was funny. Really? Yeah. I don't see that's the problem, right? It's not funny though. Yeah, but nobody, nobody all. No, what players ripped him for this? The Brits, Lee Westwood ripped him. The, the British guys, yeah, yeah. who we were right. Yeah, none of the, you're right. All the American guys. Well, we look up to Phil. We he used to play him in cash where, where's Dustin, knows everybody. Where's Dustin uh, Johnson? Yeah, none of these guys have said nothing. Where's George Spieth uh, saying, you know what? Yeah. That's a disgrace that he did that. I like Phil. I look up to him, but that's a disgrace. No. None of them said it. And Fowler sounds like a politician. He's like, well, you know, yeah, I guess he could have taken the drop. But that would have looked funny, Fowler said. What? He could have saved himself a shot by taking it unplayable, Fowler said after the round. But that still would have looked uh, pretty funny. Fowler said he saw no evidence that Mickelson was weighted down or distraction out there.
1: It's funny. It's what, to take a drop? A million guys take drops all the time. It's funny to take a drop. That's what happened. You, you hit a ball out of bounds, you take a drop. You hit a ball in the water, you take a drop. You hit a ball in the hazard, you take a drop. What, what's funny about it? That's what you do in golf. Like, what, what? Because the ball's rolling down a hill, Gabe? And he has to put it in a little circle? Here's my two-stroke penalty.
3: I don't think they kicked him out because... I think they this whole him thing out is is bullshit, this whole thing. I think they didn't kick him out because uh, it's the Grand Slam thing. He's never won a U.S. Open. That's right. He hasn't won the U.S. Open. As close as he got was to Payne Stewart. Payne Stewart won that U.S. Open and then
1: died in a plane crash. They've been waxing poetic for years about phil mickelson in the u.s open and the re- reason he didn't get dq'd was for those hardcore golf fans and all the other people like who work at golf clubs he was the main feature in the early rounds game they exactly. wouldn't have had any coverage exactly even though he was plus 15 you got to remember the leaders were plus three what are you going to do if you're at a if you're even at a bar or a golf club and you see phil mickelson on the tv you're probably going to keep it there because next to tiger woods he's the second most popular guy on tour end of story
3: Phil says he's already looking forward to uh, next year's U.S. Open. Sure he is. At Pebble Beach. Yeah, Pebble Beach. Yeah. It's unbelievable.
1: You you said it, though. Like, none of these guys, that's the thing. Like, he's the older statesman, so Fowler comes in and defends him. And if it happened to any other guy, it would have been an absolute shit show. But, uh, hey,
3: different strokes for different folks. Some people play by different rules. So he can do whatever he wants. And uh, we've got a problem in Russia uh, right now. People, people are having uh, too much uh, fun. It's only day seven of uh, the World uh, Cup right now. It's not even day seven. What is it? What is it? Day
1: it's day five. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, it's day seven today. It is day seven because it started last, was it Thursday or Friday? It no, started Thursday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Seven. This is the seventh day today.
3: Well, I guess you're right. Yes, that's correct. Would be Time's, flying. Yeah. Time's flying. Time's flying. Don't worry, buddy. I don't know. I keep I'm thinking, living here, too. Like I, 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 I keep thinking it's Tuesday for some reason. Yeah, it feels like a Tuesday. All right, so they're one week into the World Cup, and uh, Moscow is already facing a major problem. They're running out of beer. Really? Yeah. Soccer fans from all over the world uh, basically drank all the beer in Russia.
1: Isn't there a neighboring country that can supply beer to these uh, fiends? I've got to, uh, I've got to believe that they've got vodka. Great point. If you get
3: off the wheat, you get, yeah, get on the vodka train or moonshine. <laughs> oh yeah, they got a lot of vodka. Restaurants in Moscow reported that fans have depleted their beer supply, and it's taking longer to get uh, get it delivered. We just didn't think they would only want to drink a beer," said an anonymous waiter at an upscale Italian restaurant. <laughs> They actually they stocked up on, like, uh, fine wines and uh, and other hard liquors. And there's th- this guy's surprised. Soccer fans apparently only want to drink beer. Restaurants are the only ones having their stocks depleted. Resupply is taking longer today because suppliers are also now running low. There are really a lot of people in Moscow right now, and every single one of them is drinking. Sounds <laughs> great. It's hot, and it's the World Cup. Several beer companies, including Heineken and uh, Baltica, told uh, Reuters that they weren't impacted. <laughs> well, FIFA's sponsor. Heineken's our sponsor. Uh, Anheuser-Busch didn't uh, yeah. reply. The Heineken is the sponsor
1: of the UEFA and all the other stuff. I know. So Anheuser-Busch is the other sponsor. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Budweiser. Budweiser and Heineken.
3: Which uh, pisses people off often. For sure. They were, because Budweiser outbids everyone. Budweiser. They actually when when they um, when they were in uh, Germany, and uh, when when they were in Europe, when it was Budweiser. Where was it last time? It used to be Carlsberg back in the day. Yes, yes. Carlsberg was a big soccer sponsor. They still are, but not for the World Cup. The World Cup's so big, it's yeah. it's Coca Cola and Budweiser now. Anheuser Bush. Yeah, I yeah, see you've been on the panel. These guys have the bottle of Coke yeah, and stuff Coca-Cola's like that. Coca colas like everywhere with the yeah. World Cup. But when um, when they were in Europe. I think it was when they were in Belgium and Holland. Actually, at the Euro, it was Budweiser. Except uh, people are disgusted; like people can't drink Budweiser in Belgium.
1: No, it's, it's to them so, that's
3: piss. So basically, they had to agree to let the people in the stadium drink um, the local beer, but in Budweiser cups because they didn't they didn't want. <laughs> yes. They didn't want, like, Budweiser paid money. Yeah, exactly. They don't want people, like, crank, yeah. cranking back Heineken. Yeah, you can't be going, hey, I love Cronenberg. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. we, they pay the money. And
1: you know in Belgium, there's a like, like, there's a lot of quality beers yeah. there and stuff. Like, they probably take a Budweiser. That's, that's the Budweiser. thing. I
3: mean, you, yeah, yeah. It's like piss. Yeah. Like, Russia is pretty Americanized, actually. Yeah. And Russia's not a big beer-drinking com- country. They're into vodka, right? That's their thing. So but, that's another reason why they probably don't have as much beer as you would think. They want to sell their own vodka camp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Beer shortage, like, they just yeah. didn't have enough. Yeah, we. you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah we've got vodka now. Yeah. Buy the vodka. Hey, the name's Stoli. Get drinking. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> if you go to Russia, you don't drink the beer, you drink the vodka. I agree. That's right. You said it. Russian beer compared to Russian vodka? It's like going to Japan and uh, ordering Italian food. <laughs>
2: It's like, dude. <laughs> it's like go to no, the but,
3: spaghetti and
1: meatballs, Mister Hiroshi, no, But when you're in Mexico, you yeah. drink yeah. tequila. Yeah. Oh yeah. You drink tequila.
3: Actually, Mexican yeah. beer. Uh, yeah. And Mexican, well, Mexican food. beers all sure. right. is yeah.
1: But Sol or whatever it is. Uh, you drink. Uh,
3: you drink tequila. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like if you go, you go to Jamaica, you go to Barbados. You drink rum, rum.
1: Yep, like you, drink. you drink
3: the best, the best of their country. It just seems that you know you would take advantage of the. I imagine the uh, the vodka is extremely cheap there too. You'd have to believe. You'd hope. Yeah, that's that's the best. Put it in a Budweiser cup. Yeah, they're partying hard in uh, Russia. Looks like people are having a good time there. You'd be too.
1: Like it's it's hot. Things are happening. Even the locals, man, for, with the way their team's been playing, like, they must be getting absolutely pissed. Drunk, that is. Not not in anger. Just R- Russian churches type. are
3: smoking hot, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, here's the story I wanted to get to uh, as well. Uh, Aisha Curry, Steph Curry's uh, wife. You know, she's uh, she's got a cooking show and, like, cookbooks and stuff. Yeah. Hey, right, Steph,
1: did you get the milk? Yeah.
3: Let's so um, she actually has a restaurant in Houston. And it's getting crushed right now on Yelp in Houston. But the reviews aren't, you know, this is where its it, you're pretty stupid. If I was her, I'd just close the restaurant up and say, screw you, Houston. You know, because, so what? You're going to rip her restaurant and do fake reviews online? The because the Rockets lost your team? <laughs> because Steph Curry beat you guys? Like really, is yeah, this that's that's, that's your, your big robbery? So you're gonna take it out on Aisha Curry's restaurant? And all you did actually is just give her restaurant publicity, more publicity. But, to be honest, and a lot of people will just even in Houston, I imagine, will go support her uh, now and support the restaurant just to say, you know what, we're not all stupid idiots. Uh, we're not all, all all stupid idiots uh, like this. Great point when you brought up Wendy's ripping IHOP when it went to International House of Burgers. There uh, they they gave them free advertising. Smart move. I mean, here's, uh, here's some of the um, the rocket scientists uh, that uh, occupy the city of Houston. This is absolutely the worst place to go. Her husband ripped our hearts out, and now she has the guts to open up a place here? I would never set foot in that place, even if it was the last place on earth. P.S. The restaurant is full of snakes. Uh, someone else reviews. First off, I'd like to start off by saying, how dare you bring this mess to Houston? We are good. We don't need this negativity. I can already taste the blandness of the food. The establishment I might serve as dusty water and moldy lemons. Blah 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 blah. Uh, somebody else says if I wanted to have a terrible time, I'd just turn on a Warriors game. This has to be the dumbest name for a restaurant ever. I'd rather eat a Kentucky Fried Chicken for breakfast every day than eat here once or ever watch the Golden State uh, Warriors play, as uh, the name of the place is Might. Capital letters M I G H T. <laughs> Wow. Full of snakes. You know what's funny is, uh, yeah, you people basically uh, just gave Aisha Curry all the publicity that she needs. Yep. <laughs>
1: Unbelievable. I bet the restaurant's
3: amazing, actually, too. I don't know if it's amazing.
1: That last guy's comment, though, having Kentucky Fried Chicken for breakfast every day, sounded like uh, something I, I would love to do if I wasn't going to
3: die. I would assume that uh, Aisha Curry's, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's good probably like a better applebee's
1: or something <laughs> a better applebee's how's the prices that's the, that's the key the, the the key is the price point i don't know applebee's is all the thing i like about applebee's you get those uh two for one apps their apps are always uh always on sale and i like that god man see what we're paying like i can't believe the prices here 18 dollars for a pound of wings That's absolutely ludicrous man you can't even go out anymore
3: see i don't i don't know what she serves though i don't know what her specialties are
1: i don't either no clue.
3: I'm trying to look for uh, for the menu here. I see you looking for things online, but I don't think you're looking for the menu.
1: <laughs> no. I'm looking for horse results. What's the What's the menu? Can you find it?
3: Nah, there's no there's nah, no, no menu. Uh, That's pretty stupid though. That there's to, no to, menu. To, so
1: so so Golden State beats you, and you're gonna rip around it. it just the whole thing sounds pretty dumb to me. But whatever.
3: No. Why would she pick Houston,
1: though?
3: Well, she probably has places uh, probably opening up in uh, major uh, city- major cities city. around the states. Houston's the third biggest city in America. Yeah, it's big. People don't realize how big Houston is. How many people are there? Great sports city, too, Houston. But evidently filled with a lot of stupid people. Game time decision continues.